0: Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. I'm your host, Meryl Vandermover. and today in episode 125, we're going to be looking at how to modify online curriculum for special needs students. And I have a guest with me who knows how to do this because she's been doing it for a while. Um, Welcome, Lindsay Levisca.
1: Good. there. Thank you for having me.
0: Lindsay, um, just before we get into the actual topic, do you want to just introduce yourself, tell us how long you've been homeschooling, why you're homeschooling, um, and anything else you think we might be interested in knowing, and also where we can find you online?
1: Thank you. Yes. uh, My name is Lindsay Lubiska, and I have been homeschooling for 11 years now. Uh, We've always homeschooled. I was actually in graduate school. I was in graduate school to get my master's in teaching when I knew that I was going to be a homeschool mom. I wanted to homeschool my kids. And so thank God my husband was totally on board with that. So uh, we have three children. My husband and I have been married for about 20 years. We have three children, two biological. And then seven years ago, my husband and I adopted a baby boy and it was Actually, my son, who radically changed my life and changed our family, Uh, he has some now we know some uh, cognitive differences and he you know, receives and processes this world differently. And so through that journey, I started my organization, A Heart for All Students, um, really with the mission to equip moms who have kids who are outside the box thinkers, whether or not they have a diagnosis, whether it's ADHD or an autism diagnosis, or if they have some sensory issues, or just have a complex background of adoption or trauma. Um, A lot of these kids just think and process the world differently. And so my heart really is to equip children with what they need in order to thrive. And I can do that by reaching moms and equipping moms with tools and strategies to just reach their kids and, uh, set them up to thrive as exactly who God designed them to be, as opposed to squishing them into a box and struggling, um, right. relationships and you know, academically, it's, it's just not worth it. There's just, we just are blessed to live in a day and age where we can offer them so much more and equip them and come alongside them in different ways to so that they can be who they really are. So that's my easy. heart
0: before I forget you have a podcast. What is yes. the name of your podcast?
1: It's really same thing, a Heart for All Students. Nice um, so and easy. Nice and easy. Um if you went to the website uh, heartforallstudents.com, you'll pretty much find access to me anywhere. So that's the good
0: way to go. Now I'm going to have a link to where you can find Lindsay online in the show notes as always, and links to anything else she might mention. And you can find that at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Okay. Let's launch right in. Lindsay has a lot to talk about. So we're just going to go for it. I'm going to not interrupt her too much. So first of all, can you tell us what kind of variables do parents need to consider when they're considering online curriculum? Um,
1: Okay. So when considering online curriculum, we want, or any online resource or digital resource, we want to consider time. So my big thing with our children that have different ways of processing the world is we need short lessons, or we need the ability to create short lessons. Um, Oftentimes we get stuck in this traditional mindset, regardless of being homeschoolers, there is this just traditional mindset that more is better And that's just Mm -hmm. really not the case at all. So I really like to have the ability with any curriculum to be able to shorten the lessons. Um, And that may mean that you just have the ability to pause a lesson and come back to it the next day. Um, But where some curriculum or online curriculum will like, oh, you didn't finish it. Eh," And it'll just say, you didn't do it. And they want one session. You don't want that. You want the Mm -hmm. ability to modify time in order to meet the needs of your specific child. And so I am very much about like five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the afternoon, five minutes of really um, not stressful, where a child knows I can do this for five minutes. When that happens, the anxiety level decreases and that allows kids to really receive and process information. So time is a huge thing, whether you're online, whether you're using a digital curriculum or not, time, shorter lessons is more, short is more. So I'm always about time. Speaking of time, the second thing that is a huge barrier for children with um, learning differences and quite frankly, a lot of kids, whether or not they have a diagnosis is timers. So practicing math facts with a timer is highly, highly, uh, it's often a very big trigger For so many children and adults, I don't like to be timed when I have to focus and and really Mm -hmm. think hard. And so for an online curriculum, you need to be able to remove timers. So even if uh, I need my child to practice math facts, if I can't remove that timer, I don't want it there. If, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and this again, all children are different. So this is not a blanket statement. Some children are actually motivated by timers. They're they're competitive and they want to beat the timer. If that's your kid, that's awesome. But most kids, particularly with learning differences, they do not need that extra pressure. Because anytime we add extra pressure, we reduce their ability to actually receive what we want them to receive. So get rid of timers. I hate timers. Um, For children that are struggling with learning, definitely. Um, The other thing that is really important. Um, A lot of these kids with learning differences, they are living in a a world that sends them messages constantly that they are not good enough. Something's wrong with them. They're they're inherently bad, whether or not someone's telling them that or not, whether it's a verbal message, we're verbal, or whether it's just a message they're receiving because this world is not set up for them. They don't need anything else to beat them down, Academically, when they're learning, mm-hmm. when they're trying so hard, so the ability to modify grades, I do not like um, if 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 a child is working through a lesson, and they are trying so hard and they just can't get it, and they get a bad grade, and we've got red marks all over the screen, um, and we have a grade that cannot be made up, that's a problem, and that needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a big issue with that. So like even I didn't mention this earlier, but something like even teaching textbooks. What I like about teaching textbooks is that it allows the parent to go back and say, Hey, you had a hard time with this. We're going to reset. We're going to go over those concepts again. And now you can do it and you can start fresh. So it's not like you have to average an F Mm -hmm. in their mind, 50% with their 80 and then, you know, get that middle, that grade that, that doesn't really represent where they are once they finally know it. And so we really want to, um, have the ability to modify grades and, uh, focus on learning as opposed Mm -hmm. to, um, yes. So that's a big, big thing. Um, that's so helpful. And because emotionally it's helpful for these kids, um, because when you feel bad about yourself, you or do not perform your best. Um, so that's very helpful. Um, (sighs) let's see printable. Okay. One thing I really like is because all kids learn differently. When, even if I'm using a digital curriculum or an online curriculum with my children, particularly kids that have executive functioning issues, which tends to be our kids that maybe have ADHD or, or or autism or even dyslexia. I mean, really it's, we just use language in order to help identify certain clusters of symptoms. So I tend to look at the whole child and really like, the whole fake everything that's going on in, in their brain and 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 who they are. Um, but the printable text I like for kids, I do not like kids reading from a screen, um, particularly any child that struggles with um reading or language processing. So um reading from a screen is very it's very stimulating. Um the it's very, very stimulating and it's very difficult to read from a screen and actually receive it and process it. So wh- whether or not a child can literally, literally say the cat ran down the street from a screen, that doesn't mean they're actually able to process it from the screen. So I love the ability to have a printable hard copy of texts. So a textbooks, a printable text. So I like to supplement with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also for any math problems, um, I remember at one point, my middle daughter was using teaching textbooks for a season and she tried to, you know, just do the problems because she wanted to get it done. And um, she had to, we have to have our kids writing down on paper, at least writing down on paper and working through problems, particularly with math on paper. Um, so I w- definitely recommend that there is some um. Printable PDFs and print them. So typically a lot of them do have some sort of text or worksheets that you can print out. Um, and so that's really important. Uh I like for teaching, so and we're going to talk a little bit about CTC math later, but like uh if anyone's familiar with CTC math, what I like about um that curriculum is that the directions and the lecture is clear and to the point. And so the videos are very succinct and then not a lot of like babble. It's very, very to the point and clear in simple language that is slower. Um, By slowing down our speech, which is so difficult for me personally, because I am a, I'm a talker. And so I have had to work on this myself, but slowing down the rate of speech And sometimes if you could get something, even if you're watching a YouTube video, or if you can, and I don't know, you might know this better than me, if you could slow down to like half speed. Yeah, you you
0: can, because I know you can speed up. So I'm pretty sure you can slow down. There is a, a rate at the bottom of a YouTube video. Yes. So you can do that. You can yeah. also, by the way, just talking about YouTube videos, because I have a I have a student currently who's deaf and was struggling in the photography one, is you can also put on closed captioning if that helps for them to read and see, and you can get a transcript. So um, the videos that like we we've made for our photography class, you've got all those options. Um, so you can actually print that off as well. You know, so if that helps,
1: I cannot more highly recommend. Yes, yes, the closed captioning is awesome. Um, It's awesome for for different uses. Um, So it might be too much visual stimulation or visual input to have closed captioning going on while a child's trying to learn, um, like for example, like a process in math, right? But I love using closed captioning. We We weren't gonna talk about this, but I love using closed captioning when my children or when a child is watching a video about like maybe a history video or even for like my son, who's highly resistant. So, so many of these children are very, very, um, they're often termed, late. they're often labeled as oppositional. Um, and that is really, I hate that term because what's happening is, is these kids are constantly being forced and being told, you have to do it this way. You have to do it this way. You have to do it this way because this is the way it's done but it doesn't meet their needs. And it's very overwhelming and frustrating. And so a lot of times these kids just react out of complete fight or flight to um, academic information or learning. And so for my son, he's highly resistant to learning how to read right now. And that has to do with some of the the stuff going on with him. And so I'm constantly putting on closed captioning anytime he's watching Mm -hmm. a show, always put on closed captioning just as a side note. And I would refer to that more as backdoor teaching. I'm Mm -hmm. always how to support learning naturally when they're calm and when they feel safe and when they're happy, because that's how they receive the information that gets to the prefrontal cortex. Um, and we're not really talking about the brain right now, but it's, it's based on science. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and my personal belief is God's design for the brain and and behavior. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, I love closed captioning. That was such a great point. But definitely slowing down the rate of speech. A lot of our YouTube videos that we go to um, for extra support. So a lot of times, uh, you know, if we're reading something, even with my high schooler, we are, you know, we're, right now we're studying the Middle Ages, specifically the Black Death, the plague right now. <laughs> and the lecture that we're using, we're actually using the great courses. I love the great courses. But the lectures, they are at a more of college level. So there's a lot of dialogue. I mean, not a lot of dialogue. Excuse me, she's just talking a lot, mm-hmm. and so there's not as much imagery. So I like to support all the time with like YouTube videos or just extra animated videos or anything that can give a visual. Um, but some of our YouTube videos out there, particularly for science, there's a couple of very popular ones that are so fast. The, the they're the and I don't know if we can say it, but but the crash course, like crash course yes. kids. All those videos, sci-fi, sci-show kids, those videos are phenomenal, but the speech, the rate of speech is so fast that even an adult with a fully developed prefrontal cortex and with excellent executive functioning and working memory, even an adult, it's hard to process that quickly. So slowing down any supplementary videos, anything, anytime you can slow down the rate of speech, super important. Um, The other thing I love uh, and I recommend is you want to look for a clutter-free design. And again, this will, all of these variables are really going to be dependent on the child that you have and how that child is wired. But these are things that I often point out um, to people that I work with um, and I found to be extremely helpful with my own children and kids that I've worked with um, is a clutter-free design. Um, We as women, as mothers. If we have had a long day and we are exhausted and we walk into our house and it is a train wreck and there are dishes everywhere and there's toys all over the floor and it's just, it's just gross and there's stuff everywhere, we get so overwhelmed and snippy, right? Clutter is stressful. Clutter mm-hmm. is draining. It requires cognitive energy, requires cognitive fuel to tease through a lot of visual input. Okay. The brain has to tease through that input with our children. This is why I hate, I hate big, long worksheets with 50 math problems. Mm-hmm. Oh my word. That That is the kiss of death for learning for so many children. One, you, it needs to be clutter free. You have to help the child. Brain, you have to help the child's brain receive the information you want it to focus on. So you're removing a barrier when you have a clutter-free design. So a lot of, and this is typical with workbooks, but even the visual stuff that's going on on the, you want to look at the screen. Is there a ton of stuff going on there? That might be too much information for your child to tease through. One of the reasons I like like CTC or even um, Matthew C, which are very different types, and Matthew C is not typically thought of as a digital or an online curriculum. But Matthew C, what I like about Matthew C, and forgive me for throwing this in here, but is they have a great um, uh, math um, like drill sheets or like a drill Mm skill set. You can go online and go to Matthew C and you can practice your math facts. And it's very clear. It's got a white screen. It shows they use those um, manipulatives. They show little number blocks, but it's very clean. It's a clean design. So you want to look for a very clean, clutter-free design one math problem at a time on a screen, one math problem at a time, I cannot more highly recommend. So, and again, that's gonna, it's all gonna depend on the subject area, how difficult it is for your child, how your child is wired. But these are things to start to consider as you're choosing a curriculum. Um, And the other thing is what, the ability to add visuals and imagery. Um, So we kind of talked about this already. I often support learning with an online curriculum or any curriculum, I support a lot with visuals, um, with extra videos. Uh, I might look for YouTube videos that are animated. That'll be more engaging to the child, uh, or to the student, even for high schoolers, because so many, um, high schoolers are, are artists and they are very visual learners. And so, uh, but when I, when I say ability to add visuals, I oftentimes, so again, speaking to my daughter, who's taking the the high school, my high school daughter, who's taking this course on the black death or the plague. So what I'll do is I'll, I love it. So of course I'm sitting there chatting her up while we're talking while we're watching the video, but then I'll take the, um, I love to use Quizlet and I love Mm -hmm. that Quizlet. I'll take those language, uh, those vocabulary pieces, those vocabulary words that she's hearing a lot. But you know, a lot of times we'll hear a word, but we really don't know what it's talking about. But I always supplement with, I love Quizlet for this reason. And so I will make uh, vocabulary words or I'll pull out the words I want her to really focus on because I want her to understand these terms because they're really relevant and they're going to be important throughout the entire course. And then they have now, they just started with visuals. So you can add images to all of the concepts that you put in Quizlet. So I'm always adding images and I will. And and she will add images to give a picture, create a picture in her head of what that vocabulary word is. Um, So those are things that I tend to look for.
0: Right. Um, This has been crazy helpful. And what I'm actually going to do is um, because I know you have a lot more to talk about. I'm going to stop this episode here and I'm going to get you back next week to do a follow-up and to finish sharing a lot more of what you know just before we finish up for this time I just want to say that um, if your children are doing online classes I was thinking about that as Lindsay was talking uh, earlier about the fact of being able to modify grades and um, the, some of the the change that you might need to make please if you're doing a, a class where with a child that needs modifications tell the teacher um, as an online provider, it is really hard when parents only let us know right near the end of a semester when they've suddenly seen the grades. And then they say, oh, by the way, my child actually is struggling with this or this or this. Let the person, your teacher know so that they can be aware and perhaps work with you to come up with ways to you know, solve some of your problems. Um, I know that you know all of us at Fundafund Fund Academy, the show sponsor, we are very happy to work with parents you know, who who need us to do a little bit of modification. And the one thing also about the grades is that we all allow students to repeat whatever they need to, to get better grades. So their grade is never a final grade. They can continue to change, to do it and improve and, you know, to get whatever they need to do. Because I don't see the point in having a final grade because I think, you know, we're trying to teach mastery, not, not trying to see if a kid can get it perfect the first time around. So that did not make any sense for anybody, whether you have learning issues or not. Okay, so Lindsay, I want to say thanks for now, and um, then we're going to be back next week again with Lindsay to hear some more thoughts on how you, as a parent, can come alongside and help your children. And I, and you know, if you've listened all the way through, I think you can realize that when we're talking special needs here, almost every single kid actually fits into Lindsay's definition of special needs. Just as she's looking through, I know my kids weren't really defined as special needs in any way, and yet. Some of what you said, definitely I would have been a better parent, um, a better homeschool parent, if I'd applied some of these to some of my own children. Well, Lindsay, thanks so much for what you've shared with us now. And um, we'll hear you again next week. Thank you. I'm so grateful. All right. So that's it from us for this week. And we'll see you again, same time, same place, next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva.